Portia. Say hi to the kid. Kid, this is Portia Williams. I will. Uh... Hey, Portia, what's good? Can't hear you, but what's going on? Hey, can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. I can hear you and I can see you clear. Right. Yes. How you doing? All right. All right. Without further ado, this is Sipping Slow with Joe. Um, this is a, a kind of off-the-cuff cast. You know, I usually, um, we usually have a lot more preparation here, but given the, given the news that um, the kids sent me today, I thought it better to run it and Portia Williams to join us. Um, Portia, for those that don't know you, I just I, I want you to give a brief introduction about what you do and, and your background in mental health. Okay. Um, so again, my name is Portia Williams. I'm the owner and founder of Restore Life Global. Um, I am a suicide intervention instructor and specialist, um, and I work with many organizations. I am a Navy veteran. Um, I work with many organizations. I've worked with the Metropolitan. I currently work with them um, alongside the Metropolitan Police Department, um, the NFL's Player Association, the Veterans Affairs, uh, and, and countless other uh, community organizations and things of that sort based around mental health. Um, and I teach, most people teach suicide prevention, and I focus more so on not just noticing the signs, but how, how to have the conversation to save that life the intervention portion. Um, so that's who I am and that's what I do. Thank you very much. And so today, I, you know, I got some news from the kid and I'll let you unpack that real quick, uh, kid. But the reason for this podcast is the information that the kid has. Um, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll leave it to you. Just go, just go ahead and run it off real quick. So Portia, basically you're saying that you're official. Like you are official. Like you can come and give us some expert uh, information on the topic, you know, because um, um, I sent Joe some information that I received earlier this weekend, and we were going to talk about it. And one of the things that I was going to mention was like, yo, me and you having this conversation, but we definitely going to have to have uh, an expert at least jump on this, jump on this topic at a later date. But, you know, he uh, pulled you in the clutch. So I, I can appreciate the fact that you're here. So I'm looking forward to the, you know, the back and forth banter on this subject. Um, so welcome. Thank you for uh, coming on tonight. Thank you. Um, um, so, uh, what's today? Sunday. Yes. So yesterday morning, um, I received a call from a good friend of mine. Um, we were early in the morning. He never calls me that early. And he called me and he told me that, um, his ex-wife passed away. So I'm like, I mean, a quick shock, right? Um, but then, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you know, that was your ex-wife. Things didn't go down, you know, smoothly for you two, you know, all right, you know, so, you know, what's going on? So uh, he told me he had to call me back because he's still, he's still working some things out. Uh, maybe an hour later, um, news breaks that um, she was murdered, you know, in a um, murder-suicide type situation. So I'm like, oh, damn. So, you know, now it's even more shocking. It's like, wow, you know, I, I didn't really care for his ex-wife too much, but, you know, no one deserves to, you know, pass away, in, you know, in that type of manner, you know. So, um, you know, that was, was shocking. Then a few hours after that, he calls me back and he tells me that she was the one that committed the murder on the husband and committed suicide after that. 
So that really kind of like just just blew blew me way out of the water um, on the whole situation. Um, you know, it just got me thinking like, yo, like, you know, she had to have been, you know, dealing with a whole lot of stuff going on. You know, had, had, had been a lot of issues going on in her heart, in her brain, everything to, to, to you know, compel her to, you know, commit such an act. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's still details coming out. There's been a few news reports. I don't want to share any names because, you know, you know, my boy's still dealing with that, the whole aftermath and all that. But, you know, I, I thought that was something that, you know, we should definitely talk about because, you know, it's a lot of us out here that are um, dealing with issues at home, at work, you know, socially, you know, whatever, that uh, our mental health needs some, you know, some taking care of, you know what I mean? Needs some, you know, lo loving care, you know, and, you know, when we don't get that, and, I, you know, of course, of course, I'll let you, you know, take, take the wheels on that, but when we don't get it, you know, sometimes the unfortunate takes place and, you know, I don't think we talk about it, especially in the black community. I don't think we talk about it as much as we need to. So, um, you know, it's been more prevalent as of recent times, but, you know, every, every chance we get an opportunity to talk about it, I think we should. I agree. I agree. Where would you like to start? I, I, I want to start with you on um, just, have you encountered this before? Like uh, any, any kind of like, I don't, I don't want to, I guess in this case, it's a murder-suicide. It is what it is. Um, can you talk about uh, the victims in that case or, or anything? Absolutely. I mean, get, of course, you don't have to get specific with names, but yeah, just, just a brief synopsis. So um, I actually had one last year in June, May, June of last year. Um, there was uh, somebody that I was, I would volunteer at the VA twice a week for a few hours. I would do suicide prevention and um, employment services and claims and things like that. I would do everything veteran related because I'm a veterans advocate as well. Um, and there was a guy that used to work alongside us um, and he used to come up every Monday and sit with us and do paperwork. And after a while, I didn't see him anymore, but I didn't really ask why. I just thought he was back at his organization and everything was fine. Mm -hmm. um, and then later we learned that um, he had ended up killing himself, his, his wife and then himself. Um, and, you know, they had kids together. So, you know, that, that left um, no one for them. Um, it was a little frustrating only because there were signs mm. that the people that worked alongside him missed. Um, and some of them were like, if you know someone is dedicated to a job and really like, like passionate about what it is that they do. And then they just out of nowhere quit. That's a red flag. Mm. And then yeah. knowing prior to that he had just purchased the handgun. Mm. That's a red flag. The behaviors is showing and telling and screaming for help. Mm. So, so what's real interesting to me and, and, you know, I, I, the reason why, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because I knew how, you know, if you go back in my history 10 years ago, I don't think about 
uh, mental health the same way I do now. You know, the same appreciation um, and, and the same importance that I place on it now just because of the people that were set up in my life, you know, mainly my wife. Um, uh, but for me, um, mental health overall gets thrown by the wayside. Like when we talk about, so I, I work in a retail store. Um, a lot of times I have many different types of people come through there. And, you know, if they have, uh, especially during this time, we have a lot of people going out for anxiety. They say they can't deal, they can't be in the store. Um, that, may, that may have been, you know, five, six years ago, that may have been laughed at in that building. Um, but in 2020, it's taken very seriously. Like we have protocols in place. We have, you know, uh, just a, a whole realm of things that we have to go through to get that person the help they need, to get them the space they need and the time they need off. And that's the importance you place around mental health now. But 10 years ago, it wasn't the case. Um, have you ever encountered pe people that still in this area and still in this space treat mental health like kind of like a joke? In, in a sense, have you ever had? Uh, so a few years ago, well, the, re the way that I got into the field of mm -hmm. suicide and mental health was because I had the, my own crash of my own. Um, life had gotten really tough. I had went through a substantial amount of things between the war um, overseas and the war that I was fighting at home. It was just a lot. And so I had went through that um, and I have felt it personally before I began to study it, understand it, heal it, and then learn it and then turn around and teach it. Um, so with that being said, uh, when I, three years ago, when I initially, when I was telling, reaching out to the people um, for help, um, I got three different responses. The first response was Jesus will fix it. Ugh. Typical of a, of, of a, of a, in the black community. Jesus will fix everything. The second response was, girl, I'm watching Housewives of Atlanta. I got to go. I'll call you back. Okay. And then the third response was, you about to do, you thinking about what? Girl, I'm about to call the police. Okay. So one, yep. two, and three, you guys. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, and people don't realize that the response that you give to someone when they're having those thoughts um, can push them over the edge. Um, Absolutely. I'm so very glad that we're having this conversation because, yes, mental health is the focus right now, and it has needed to be for a while, but I'm yes. glad that it's here now. This year, there has been usually, I know, hmm, 2017 and 18, there were 47 thousand people that died from suicide and 16 million people with thoughts of suicide that was in 2017 2018 in 2020 in september the national foundation of suicide prevention came out and said that 10 percent of our nation is battling thoughts of suicide that's over 32 million people in this country that are battling thoughts of suicide and you never know how close they could be to you mm. yeah mm. So I'm I, glad that we're having this conversation because it's needed. Definitely. And that's why in the middle of baking pies and Joe messaged me, I said, absolutely. Let me oh, go ahead know. and wash my hands and get the pie crust off and hop on his call. I, 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 oh, the kid, did you have something? Yeah, well, first of all, Portia, uh, well, second of all, I should say uh, thank you for your service. Um, serving in our Navy, you know, we appreciate it. Um, I don't know if Joe told you, but I'm a Marine. 
Um, nope. So, yeah. <laughs> and in the position that I hold, well, thank you. In the positional billet that I hold, um, you know, one of my main focuses is, um, you know, suicide prevention. And, you know, we have things in place, you know, Force Preservation Council and, and other things in place that we use to try to mitigate any, you know, chances of, you know, one of our Marines, you know, having any suicide ideations, you know, and one of the challenges, you know, at least in the Marine Corps, it's like, you know, you know, we're, we're ingrained and we're taught and to, to be tough, like, you know, you know, you know, we eat steel chains and we spit out bullets and, and, and we kill, 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 and we do this and we do that, you know, we're the toughest, meanest thing on the planet. Right. And, uh, how do we, break that persona, right? How do we break that attitude to have the courage to tell someone, hey, you know, I'm struggling, you know, in, in you know, mentally, you know, I'm having some emotional issues, you know, I need help, you know, because we're, we're, we're afraid of being looked down upon as, as being weak, right? Or being soft, right? Or, or even being crazy, you know? Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we struggle with that. And even other leadership, right? And I'm just gonna be honest, you know, um, I struggle in getting leadership to buy in to what we try to do, you know, because just like you mentioned, there's certain signs and there's certain things that that you know someone is selling all their all their prized possessions, right, out of nowhere, you know, could be a sign, you know, things like this is happening, and we see it and we ignore it and we just say, oh well. You know, the Marines in this generation is soft. Back in my day, we used to do blah, 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 blah. When I was in Desert Storm or when I, you know, my my grandfather was in Vietnam. And, you know, so it's like, you know, um, it, it's it, it's these things in, in, in these situations continue to happen. I, I get emails, you know, unfortunately, I get them quite often, at least, you know, once a quarter of one of my Marines in my battalion, you know, you know, having a suicide ideation. And, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, we have to do better in in mitigating the opportunities for anyone, not just Marines, but anyone to to have them. We just got to do a better job. Um, I would like to make a comment on that. Um, mm-hmm. So the military, when you talk about the military, of course, we're all taught military bearing, but there are certain aspects of humans physiologically, physiologically, physiology right. or physiologically. We got you. We got you. Right, right, right. Look, my TBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We with it. We with it. My TBI (laughs) is kicking my ass right now. So, um, yeah, physiologically, you cannot hide. You can't hide certain things, right? And so, granted, they may be tough. Granted, but as they're unraveling, because there is an unraveling, right? Mm the people around them. And this is what I've been trying to get the military to understand. They do, a, a, I teach assist. Do you know assist? Have you been trained in assist? Oh, yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah. Right, so that's what I teach. And so, but, so your assist experience, and I'm not talking about safe talk. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about living work. I'm talking about like the actual applied suicide intervention skills training. They, um, it depends on the experience of your teachers. Um, and, and, and that would dictate how much you really learn. I've done 187 suicide interventions in the last year and a half. 
It is possible to save a life with a conversation. You just have to learn the skills. The thing about the military is that we love to invest in suicide prevention modules, and we love to do them right before holiday break when all we're really thinking about is hurrying up and clicking through this presentation. Okay, I know what the signs look like. They're sad, they're yep. mad, they're uh, they're upset. Yep. But what about the people who have military bearing? You guys teach us not to have any emotion. So you got to yep. see past that. You have to be taught how to see past that. I strongly believe that if the people, not only the, the, the Marines, the sailors, the airmen, not only if everybody is trained in suicide intervention, but also if their spouses were, there will be a significant reduction in suicide, period. Um, the ideations are going to be there. It's going to happen because as military, we get put in some of the most terrible of conditions and we sustain so many traumatic events like the things that we have to witness and see and do whether we agree or not we really have a really hard job um and so it's important to have somebody to be able to teach that community of people that understands because they've been in that community you see what i'm yeah. saying um yeah. i think that would definitely uh but yeah i'm it, we could talk offline, but if you want me to come in and speak to the powers that may be to see, you know, what it is that we can do, not only to um, reduce the number of emails that you guys are getting, but, you know, you got to address it. There is there is different therapies out here that can be um, that can be provided. But but suicide is such a taboo topic that people don't really want to touch it until it's time to put somebody in a casket. And right. we gotta be proactive right. and not reactive when it comes to this because everybody's mental health is exacerbated right now. COVID right. has really, people are dying. People are bringing, I have a homeboy who just passed away and his wife gave him COVID. And so she's feeling mm. like she killed her husband. Wow. What do you say to your two year old son? These are the things that people are dealing with a lot. They're being evicted. The uh, houses are being floor closed on. They're losing their jobs. They're losing everything. And the system has no help. Everybody is going through a storm, one storm or another right now. And so this is a yeah. very important time to have that conversation, to get these skills that's needed and to start, you know, I guess just being compassionate, man. Like everybody's going through something. I know a lot of time we get caught up in the, in the notion that, well, I'm going through this and my life is so hard or I'm frustrated or I'm mad or X, Y, and Z. But you don't know what that person sitting next to you is going through. Right. A simple right. act of kindness can go so far. Absolutely. And we miss Absolutely. it every time. And, and so and I want to give like uh, clarity there. So, so Portia, can you, is there some, is there some markers or <laughs> some basic set of things that we can look for, you know, in the everyday life? Like if I have a, a friend of mine who I feel is depressed or is going through something, like you said, there are, there are always signs, right? Um, is there something we can do for them or we just push them off to a professional, you know, like, like what's the best way there? So my advice uh, and what I advise folks is to take um, the applied suicide intervention skills training course. Um, and it's the only, and what's crazy is, so there was a time when I was getting ready to go train for it and I didn't make it into the class because the class is full. And I said, I'll go find another place to go get certified at. And there is no other suicide intervention uh, course taught 
This is it. The the one that comes from Living Works is the only one that teach suicide intervention. Um, there is always signs, um, especially to the people that's closest to them. Everybody right, on the outside right. may not see, maybe, maybe even like the people that work and things like that, they may not be able to see it, but the person at home would be able to see it. The people, people, when they get in these depressed states and these depressed modes before they go off to that point would be, you know, the not taking care of themselves, not showering, not eating, sleeping all day. Um, and just, you know, not having, you have a, a complete disinterest for life. Mm. Everything, you know, you, you'll see it. You will see it, the people that are close to them. Um, but you just may not identify as that being what it is until it's too late. Now, as far as the murder-suicide goes, that could be one of two things. It could be an onset of depression or whatever the case, or it could simply be that it was a crime of passion. You know, like, when it comes to situations and couples, um, you know, uh, you know, something could have happened where, you know, the guy did something and the female couldn't handle it, so right. she, you know, did what she did and then got afraid of the consequences because that's also a possibility. Um, afraid of the consequences and, you know, decided that that's the route that she would take. In situations and situations like that, like... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, oh, I'm sorry. What, what I was going to say was that's that's kind of exactly sort of what took place. You know, um, I guess there was some infidelity issues, right? That's, that's mm. normally the case, right? Um, and... Uh, she sent out some cryptic social media uh, posts and uh, contacted her parents that day and, and, and kind of just reeled off a laundry list of things that she was sorry for, things that she wished she could have could have fixed, right? And that was pretty then after she, yeah, after she uh, called them and left them, she didn't actually speak to the parents, but she left them a, a voicemail. And, and I guess after they, you know, the, the, the father um, got the message. He called her back and, you know, couldn't reach her on the phone, right? So, you know, been calling, been calling, been calling, and he decided to just take a trip over to the house. And he showed up, door was unlocked, you know, found her laying down in the living room and then found the husband upstairs in the bedroom, you know? So, you know, My exactly. You know, kind of passion, you know what I'm saying? They've been married for several years and stuff like that. Like I said, she posted some cryptic messages about their marriage and how they, how they could have fixed things. And, and, you know, so I'm sure. Oh, she that's was, a telltale you know, sign right there. Yeah, yeah. That's a telltale sign right there. Yeah. I'm you know, sorry. She left behind a couple of kids, you know, left behind a couple of kids. Uh, he had some uh, children from a previous marriage, you know, so, you know, and, and that's for me personally, like, uh, I have a huge disdain for suicide, right? That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, look for signs to help folks, you know, because, you know, unfortunately, like I said, in the, middle, in the Marine Corps, I, I run into it all the time. But after it occurs, it really just pisses me off because it's like, I understand that person is going through a lot. They're going through a ton of hurt. I get it, you know, but it's always that aftermath. Everyone is affected now, right? You know, right. children lost their parents, right? You know, um, friends got to gotta speak up, you know, got to talk about it. You know, everyone has to sort of pick up the pieces and try to move on, you know, after the event has taken place, right? And then now, you know, the children, I'm, I'm going to focus on them for a second, you know, now they have to be able to, you know, go on without their parents. 
and they may be okay on the surface initially, right? But we don't know within a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, that, you know, uh, this event will, will have a negative impact on their life. You know what I'm saying? This is something that they're going to have, it's going to be a challenge for them to be dealing with for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? And I get the individual that committed suicide, that's probably the last thing they're thinking about because they're going through whatever trauma that they're going through. I get it. You know, but it, it just has such a negative impact on everyone else after it's done. It, it, it just bothers me. So with that being said, you're absolutely right. And I always say that, um, you know, suicide does not just impact you. It impacts you don't just end your pain. You pass it to everyone around you. Right. Um, and that is real. However, there are things and series of events that leads down that path. Right. You have um, and, and it, everybody's, you know, reasons are different in doing all of my interventions. And plus, you know, when I was at that place, um, I can say. Uh, go ahead. Um, I can say that. <laughs> you never know. Right. And you'd never know how you'd feel in that situation or with that license in, in that place until you go through it. Um, we can always say what we would do, but when it right. comes down to the actual event itself, trauma has such a huge impact. Trauma passes down through DNA. As black people, we have trauma already embedded in us from the day that we come out of the womb. Yeah. And so to grow up, in this world that we're growing up in and deal with the issues that we're dealing with while trying to, to deal with everyday regular human issues, it's tough. And I'm just speaking about, you know, the African-American community. There's, there's different reasons people, like I said, you have so many different reasons why people would consider it and it's not just based in depression. It could be based in shame. Um, I know that's big with, you know, the Chinese culture and Asian cultures and things like that. It can be, you know, family shame about a situation. Um, it could be financial. Yeah. So many different reasons. We know a large percentage of them are due to relationships mm -hmm. and the loss of. Um, but it's so many different, so many different things. So, I mean, you know, one thing that's important to notate in this, in this conversation is that you have to be careful when you're speaking to someone who is contemplating suicide when you have a disdain for suicide because your attitude and the way that you feel about suicide unintentionally will rub off in your conversation. And if you're talking to someone who is contemplating suicide and you come across like you don't like, I mean, nobody likes it. Like who absolutely loves suicide? Yeah. An uncomfortable yeah. conversation. However, if you come across um, as if your attitude towards suicide is, is what you believe, you can, you have to take your beliefs out of it. It has to be a clear, safe space for them to be able to talk. Mm, um, yeah, mm. your attitude can definitely sway a suicide intervention. And I can push someone over the edge rather than reel them back in. I, I, I wanted, that, that, makes I wanted, a, that makes a lot of sense. I wanted to keep from interrupting uh, before, but I'm behind on breaks. So I have to take a slight 30 seconds uh, to let the bills be paid here. Um, when we come back though, Portia, I'd like to know from you uh, specifically, like after, after, like Sean said, the event happens, right? And, and families have to deal. I wanted to know from you, have you 
kept in touch with the families of uh, those that couldn't be saved. Have you ever dealt with anybody there? Um, if not, you know, we'll, we'll redirect, but that's one thing I wanted you to think about. Have you ever ha had to deal with the aftermath um, when we return? Um, this is Sippin' Slow with Joe. We'll be back in 30 seconds. All right, and we are back. This is Sippin' Slow with Joe. Uh, before the break, Portia, I was, I was just asking you about um, the aftermath. Um, do you keep in touch with families after their loved one has uh, committed suicide? So um, actually, typically, no, I do not keep up. Um, I work with them. So again, I, um, hmm, I lost two people to suicide and neither of those um, have I done the suicide intervention on. Um, all of the suicide interventions I've done, I've saved their lives. Now, let's go to the flip side. I had a cousin that committed suicide in 2012. And um, dealing with the aftermath of, of her suicide, her son, her eldest son, um, has just been unraveling for years. Um, and his questions are still, you know, why he doesn't understand. He wished that he can do something. He wished that he could go back in time. There's a lot of regret there. And, and there's a lot of suicidal ideations all the time. He, he's, he cries and says, you know, he misses his mother um, and he wants to be with her and different things like that. That was actually my very first suicide intervention. Um, and since I've had to do several suicide interventions on him. So, yes, the impact that it has on a family after, thereafter is definitely tough. I um I, I wanted to uh, get to get the kid in here on the 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 military's behalf um, on 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 a on a I guess a, a I don't know if it's not a word but it's an overused phrase I have PTSD like I've heard that so many times uh, not relating to what it actually is about and you know I think in one time in our history uh, kid I I actually said it. And you're like, man, don't don't just use that for no reason. Like, I know I know guys that have that. Um, I wanted to know from you, uh, as far as PTSD is concerned, um, just uh, the the I guess I guess the protocols in that, like, how do guys come home from from war, from seeing what you've seen, um, and and the effects of uh, going overseas in general. Does that does that make sense? Or do I need to clear? Um, break it up a little bit, but I think I kind of, I kind of got where you were going. Um, yeah, uh, PTSD. I mean, um, yes, I've experienced a lot of people that just kind of throw that term around. Exactly. You know, kind of like, um, I mean, see, it's even hard for me even to even reference people throwing that word around because you know going back to what Portia was saying, you never know what, what someone's really going through. You know what I mean? You know, what my definition definition of PTSD is may be different than what someone may classify what PTSD is. You know what I mean? So, mm. you know, I I kind of I kind of you know look at each situation, take it with a grain of salt, and and really just figure them out and and, and kind of see where they're going with it, you know, when they, when they reference it, you know what I'm saying? Cause it doesn't necessarily have to be from, 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 you know, military personnel coming from a combat zone. Right. It could be, it could be military personnel that's, that's, that's at home. That's, that's working in, a, in an office 
valve capacity, you know. Okay. And, you know, if their office has some sort of, you know, a, a toxic and work environment, you know, they may be dealing with some PTSD from that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's 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 really it's really hard to tackle that, but if they mention it, we have to take it serious as if they are dealing with it. Oh, and and there are protocols in place for that. Like, do you send them somewhere? Like, what what's, what what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's, there's several options. You know, what I'm saying and and you know, and 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 and, and, and I'm and I'm kind of tiptoeing around what I want to say because I I really don't want to put you know everyone on blast like that, you know, but it's almost like the go-to move is to send them to the chaplain, right? That's always the first thing that comes out of someone's mouth. Oh, you want to speak to the chaplain? You know, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the chaplain is a great resource, right? Absolutely. Right. You know, but to me, right, it's like, that's that's the easy route. Yep, let's just shoo them over to the, to the chaplain. You know, we don't have to follow up. You know, the chaplain will, will, will speak to them and they'll say some Hail Marys and boom it'll be great to come back to work. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we, we, you know, Portia mentioned it earlier, we do need more mental health counselors, you know, readily available. I just came back from um, a huge convention uh, where all the senior listed advisors um, and all newly um, appointed commanders um, met in Quantico um, in October. And, of course, suicide prevention was, was, was one of our topics. And, you know, listening to those, to those leaders, you know, um, either have no idea or they, you know, they chalk it up to, you know, oh, oh that person is just dealing with some, 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 some minor issues. Because those issues that that person may be going through may not affect them in, in, in a traumatic way. You know, they don't value it, right? So they don't, and, you know, we as the military, not only can speak for the Marine Corps, right? From my experience, we don't invest in mental health. You know what I'm saying? We always wait till after some something takes place to do something, right? We call that right of the bag, right? Uh, there's a book out right now that I'm, that I'm currently reading um, by Jason Riley. Um, it's called Left of the Bag, right? And, and, and the book is basically about... Um, being able to prevent an event from taking place, being able to kind of, you know, see, foresee something taking place through all the, the, the signs and the factors and all that stuff like that, you know, and we could prevent something from taking place, right? So let's say in a combat zone, you know, we can see an object in the middle of the road, we think it's some sort of improvised um, explosive device, right? We see it, we blow it up before it blows up our convoy, right? That was okay. left of the bag. We did something about it, right? Instead of running over it, and now we got a busted up vehicle, we got people that's hurt, and now we're trying to, you know, rescue people and, and, and fight off the bad guys, right? In that sense. But let's move it from that. Let's, let's, let's go back to suicide prevention. As Portia mentioned before, there are signs, right? You know, you know, in, in, through my experience, you know, it's, we always wait to right of the bag, right after that Marine has tried to swerve his vehicle on the highway into an 18-wheeler, you know, because he had a thought at that moment, you know. Um, now we're trying to get this Marine help. We send him to the chaplain. We're, 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 we're calling PHOP. Um, I, I forget what the acronym PHOP stands for. But we, but we send him to folks that have, the ex, folks like Portia that have the expertise to, to help these Marines, right? Instead of sending them to these folks prior 
to mm. them having the thoughts of suicide when we when we see the signs, you know what I'm saying? Outside of just sending them to the chaplain once something is mentioned. So, you know, we we definitely, you know, just not in the military, just in general, man. We, you know, and, and Portia mentioned it, and I hate to just keep repeating it, but we got to keep saying it so it's ingrained in people's brains. Like, we have to uh, be proactive, you know, with our mental health and being able to identify and, 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 and assist someone to seek help before these things take place. And we call that being left of the bed. Hey, uh, Portia, I saw a, he- a lot of head nodding during that, uh, during that exchange. You got, you got something to add? <laughs> I did, I did. No, he's he's not on like this. This is this is music to my ears because I I I love you. Good night, happy birthday. <laughs> um, I I drill this. I drill this, and not just like granted. Like I don't have a demographic. I don't have a demographic. If a child calls me to six years old and tell me that they're contemplating suicide, I'm gonna talk to them just like I'm gonna talk to that fifty year old vet that has had enough yeah. and ready to go. I am passionate about this subject because I understand how real depression could be, how easy it could suck you up, how how quick it, you can get to a place where you don't even know who you are, and how in, impulsive the action of suicide can be. Um, I remember taking that last look at my children saying, they'll be fine, and taking a handful of medication that the VA prescribed because they missed mm-hmm. all the signs too. I told them that I didn't yeah. want to more and that I was tired and they allowed me to walk out the door where any professional would know you're not supposed to do that but these are the things that we're correcting now within the VA system so that this doesn't happen to another brother or sister but what I'm saying is and what I'm getting at is it is very frustrating because I've been like you know I've been having that issue lately um, promoting the classes uh, so you know on social media and different platforms and, you know, having a hard time filling classes, I cut the classes in half, still trying to fill these classes. And no one really wants to take the classes to learn the signs and to learn how to have the conversation to keep people safe for now. But they always want to call me after, like, it's like, do you want to pay $150 for this course or do you want to pay um, $10,000 for that casket and that service that you're going to have to put together? Right. I always right. get you know, my child attempted tonight or my child did this or or my sister or my brother or my cousin or whatever the relation is, I always get that after the fact. And people don't realize it until it's too late and it's so unfortunate because suicide is preventable. Suicide is preventable. It absolutely is. And it doesn't cost anything to start the process. And with all of the mental health help, there is no reason. The stigma has been lifted. Everybody is talking about suicide and or mental health. All of the celebrities, it's in your face. There is no reason. We're trying to get on the other side of this. I hate to have to tell somebody, they say, yeah, well, you know, my my son committed suicide last week, Portia, but he had did this, he had did this, he was doing this, he was doing this and doing this. What did I miss? Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to get an o- overall from, from both of you and I, and I'll ask for a final thought, um, as we close up here. Um, it's just, it's, um, 
both of you guys are talking about some of the same things, right? Uh, Sean, I, the, the, the book you, you mentioned before, can you, can you name that book again? What was that? It was the... It's called Left of the Bang. No, I'm sorry. It's called Left of Bang. Left of Bang is um, by Jason Riley. Okay. Um, it's really a it's really a book on you know military combat, how to right. prevent you know uh, terroristic attacks and stuff like that. Um, I just kind of correlated it to mental health because the same tactics that they use to you know prevent a terrorist attack, prevent a you know um, you know. Stuff, stuff like that, you know, we can use those same tactics to, um, you know, prevent someone from committing suicide. And, mm-hmm. and so I want to I want to go there because um, that that preventative nature is is, I think, the overall theme of of this podcast. Like we want to prevent these things. And like I said, I work in a retail store uh, a couple years back. I had one of the greatest uh pleasures to work with with uh, an older gentleman who came to the store uh, just as a kind of third job. He worked, you know, two other jobs during the day and he wanted a third shift and he would close the store with me and he was very detailed and he would put things in the I can't I can't explain to to his. He was just he was just great at what he does um, every day. And he had a son that he wanted to uh, get from Virginia. And he brought this son from Virginia. He, he had his other two kids that lived with him. His other son was from a different relationship. So he, he talked all day to me about this, this son he was bringing from Virginia, how proud he was to, to finally be able to afford to bring his son up and, and, you know, and, and him to live with him. And his son was like, I guess, 19, right? And he said, I need to get him a job, though. So, of course, hired him on. And he worked in the um, electronics department. And uh, every day I remember passing his son. Like, I remember him being in there, but not being there. You know, uh, when, when Portia talked about signs, I remember his son showing up, but never really being there. And... Two weeks into yeah. his his start there, he would he went home one day from work, and he killed both of the kids uh, that he was living with. He killed you know his father's two kids that were living there, and he then wow. came, he came back to the store and hid in uh, in, in the woods behind the store, uh, and later killed himself. Mm-hmm. And and so when when we talk about signs of things and things you ignore and 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 it's time to wake up and you're not awake and you're just letting these you're you're letting these signs go by the wayside right it really resonated with me so um i just want you guys to kind of give your overall thoughts on what we need to do to wake up like where where can i I know i asked you before portia where can we uh intervene like in our in our friendships in our personal lives with with people that are suffering like that and you may be you know, just kind of just maneuvering through your day. The the number one thing I hear people say is, I got my own shit, <laughs> you know? Like, how can yeah. I deal with anybody else's? Yeah. But this is an every person issue. Like like Sean said, this affects way more people in the end, aftermath of it. It affects way more people than just the person involved. Uh, 
Anybody that wants to chime in, go ahead. You want to start? Um, I think that it is imperative not to just be able to notice the signs because sometimes, sometimes to the outside eye, um, again, the people that's inside that live in the same house with people that are having those thoughts, they will see it. Now, people outside of the house may not see it. So that's where I, I call them my smilers. Um, those are the people who you don't really see no signs, um, not in the beginning, not until they start getting really obsessive with, uh, the pre preoccupied with death will someone on the outside begin to see it. And that's not always the case. Um, I will say, um, it's, I, I understand not wanting to take on somebody else's stuff, but I would rather hear your story than your eulogy, right? Yes. Yep. I may not feel like having a full-blown, long conversation um, at 2 o'clock in the morning. But if you're my friend and you reached out to me for help, it's my it's my due diligence to be able to help you get through this tough time, right? Mm. Because we're friends and family for a reason. And people will reach out to multiple people. And reaching out looks differently depending upon who you are. So I know I heard him talking earlier, um, uh, the kid, about... Um, the Marines and the way that they, and the way that they portray themselves. Um, you know, for you guys, I would say, if you see somebody beginning to get ridiculously reckless with their behaviors um, and things like that, like I know that sometimes um, anger comes out uh, and you ever heard of like things like police, uh, suicide by police, where people yeah. will mm -hmm. act out their behavior, they will act out mm -hmm. and they're not acting out because they are just, acting out they're acting out for a reason it is a cry for help so you just really have to you know assess the situation and, and learn and understand what the cries for help are but more important than focusing on suicide prevention right is that suicide intervention you have to learn how to have that conversation you have to know what to say I had a great example of the other day I was in here and I was talking to my sister and I was saying to her you know um yeah, you know, people need, really need to learn how to have the conversation. Um, and so then in the next minute, I was thinking about my hair. So I said, what I said was, I want to dye my hair blonde. Oh, yeah. But when I said, I want to die, she went, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you now? Mm. That's mm. my point. I am mm. so glad that you said that because that proves my point. People don't know what to say when someone comes out, even though I wasn't saying that, I was legit talking about my bush ball, but <laughs> people don't know how to respond to that. Mm. And so that is the most, the key and component of saving a life. And then once you learn how to save that life as a part of what it is that we teach, you refer them off. You don't stay with them forever. You don't become their sounding board every time they need to have a conversation. That's what you have a therapist for. And that's another thing, yeah. especially us. Stop venting to your friends. Stop venting to, you know, your significant other and placing all of that weight on. Get Seek a professional that can help you, That someone that has went to school for psychology that can help you and teach you different coping mechanisms and things like that because this is a science. This is mental health. This is not time to lay all of your woes and your problems on Tanisha. She don't know what to do. She's drowning herself. And so all the time we end up pulling each other down. So I'm not suggesting that you keep a continuous, that's what I do. 
I'm a suicide intervention, you know, specialist. I'm not asking for you to be one, but I'm asking for you to know it and not need it than to need it and not know it. And it be your daughter that's reaching out for help or it could be your grandmother that's reaching out for help and somebody that could, that loss will really impact you. I have a website and it teaches, um, it, I mean, it, it shows and it has on there what it is that I teach in my course. Am I allowed to give the website? Oh yeah, drop, I was just about to say, drop that, drop that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, the website is www.restore.com lifeglobal.com restorelifeglobal.com you'll pull it up and you'll see and it's a lot of information you know about suicide the signs and things like that but the signs are not enough that's that's not enough because what do you say when you see the signs oh jesus gonna fix it oh you be mm. all right oh tough mm. enough right. oh what you saw right. i had my chief tell us back in 2008 that if we ever thought about suicide that he'd piss on our graves great oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to come to you now. I'm definitely coming right. to you. I haven't thought. It's like, what? What? Mm. I, right. I I did, you know, and I and I and I had a, a peer in the building recently um uh was having a, a difficult time and you know, she kind of said like enough is enough. Like I really can't take another day of what's going on here, you know, with the, with the consistent traffic, with the things we're seeing and you know, that HR department is supposed to have that kind of Hey, let me give you the space you need. Instead, they tell, they tell her like, "Hey, as a leader, like it would look bad for you to leave during this time. You can't really, I can't really do that for you. They're not gonna give it to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a you got to make thing. time for your own mental health because they nobody yeah. will. They will kill you and hire somebody else. Absolutely. Yep. You Absolutely. have to, you have to make time for your own mental health. I hear people say that all the time. I just don't have the time. You had the time if those was those Jordans that you was waiting to drop. If if, if that PlayStation <laughs> Five was coming out. If, <laughs> if whatever it is that you care about, when that new right. Porsche Cayenne twenty twenty one is coming out, you'll be ready for that. You'll wait right. for that. Uh -huh. so I don't want to hear it. It's no excuses. People make time for your physical health. Make time for your mental health. Because truly and honestly, that's yeah. more important than anything else. Right. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Mm. I you know what? I think all, over there. <laughs> right. Uh kid, unless you got something in, in uh to wrap it up, I you know, I, I feel like all that's said has been said. Yeah, it has. And and, and I'm and I'm I'm not gonna repeat everything that Portia said. Um I'm just gonna <laughs> give two words, you know, um moral courage, you know, have the moral courage to do something. You know, in this case with my with my homeboy, you know, he's he's exactly the kind of person that will he'll be quiet. He won't say anything. And you literally have to pull, you know, some information out of him, you know. So me and, and another good friend of mine, we, we were talking about it today, and we were trying to meet up with him today, but you know, the situation is still 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 early, it's still kind of hot. We gotta let him kind of kind of get his mind right, kind of settle, kind of figure out what the next move is. Um you know, but my boy was like, yeah, you know, I told him, you know, if he needs us to reach out to us. And I'm like, no, nope, that's the freaking wrong answer. Like, you know, we don't give him his time, you know, and then we're going to insert ourselves and say, hey, what's going on? How you feeling? Have you talked to, spoke to someone about this? You need some resources. You know, we're, you know, we're going to push our way into his, into his psyche and be like, yo, this is, you know, we're here to help and, and you need to open up because, as much as we try to be tough guys out here, 
you know, uh, you don't have to be, you know what I'm saying? There's people out here that could provide those resources, can provide the help that you need. And we have to have the moral courage to do so. Even if it takes us out of our own zone, we have to be able to do that for someone else when we know they're going through something they're going through. Amen. Um, look, uh, Portia, one more time. I just need you to drop that website one more time and, uh, and, and give, give the people one more time uh, what you do and what you're about. Absolutely. Um, the website is, well, before I give the website, I just want to say this right here. It's okay not to be okay. Don't fall into the perfectionist uh, generation that we're going through. Everything has to be perfect. It does not. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have bad days. When you're having bad days, please exercise self-care. If you have to cut your phone off, cut it off. If you have to if you have to, uh, uh, whatever it is you need to do, cut screens off for a day. Go get your mani. Go get your petty. Go, go golfing. Um, sit near some nature, uh, some water. They all have um, uh, healing properties. Yoga, meditation, gym, whatever it is. Make sure you provide yourself. Provide yourself with a whole lot of love anyway. Go out and get yourself something nice. Take a long bath. Have the candles. Treat yourself good anyway because it's hard. That is imperative. Um, mm. A few things. The crisis line. If you are having thoughts to suicide, the crisis line is 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, you would press one and be passed through to the veterans crisis line. Please reach out. If you don't want to talk to anybody, that's absolutely fine. You can text them. Their text number is 741741. And you can just talk to them through text. Um, for my veterans, we have a, a, a thing called Vets. Vets for the number four warriors. Look that up online. Um, Vetsforwarriors.org. They are an organization full of veterans out of Syracuse, New York, um, and they answer the phones 24 hours a day. And you don't even have to be suicidal. You could just have a really bad day and really need to talk to somebody and want to talk to one of our brothers and sisters, um, somebody that understands you. They answer the phones and their phone number and all of those things are on the website um, and my website to take the, to sign up for the suicide intervention skills training course um, that is restorelifeglobal.com. Um, yeah, and I am a suicide intervention instructor um, and specialist. That's who I am, that's what I do. Portia Williams. Um... I, I don't want to, I, I, you know, I don't want to speak up for the kid. I'll let him speak, but I, but I appreciate you coming and, and being on here uh, last minute like this. Really, 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 really appreciate that passion that you got going on. Um, and and I, I, I hope that um, somebody listening to this has gotten uh, somewhere somewhere different from where they were thinking before they came in. Uh, kid, did you have anything to add? No, I'm good. I think we said everything we needed to say. Right. Um, everyone, take care of yourself. Be safe out there. You know, don't be afraid. Speak up. Well, all right. This has been Sipping Slow with Joe. Good night, everybody.